0: picture this someone who knows nothing about comics someone who knows comics from movies tv and video games a complete ultra comics nerd you pick the character you want us to talk about you send us the questions you want answered you make the show a podcast by fans or fans making new fans superheroes or
1: dummies Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Indie Comics Spotlight, the show where we spend time looking at an ongoing series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two. The hope here is that we can do a deep dive on an Indie comic you may have missed or give you a chance to talk about one of your favorites with us on social media afterwards. I'm your host, Tony Farina of DC Comics News and Fantastic Universes. I've been reading comics since I was 12, and while I love a good superhero battle, I gravitate towards indie comics, and standalone graphic novels, because they give artists a chance to connect with readers in different ways and tell stories they may not have been able to tell with traditional comics or traditional novels. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Well, here we are this week on Indie Comic Spotlight. Uh, I just learned that uh, shortly after this show airs... Um, was my guest's birthday, so happy, belated, and early birthday. We're in a Schrodinger's <laughs> birthday. It is and isn't your birthday while we're recording this.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're oh, welcome. Not yes. thank you very much. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's yeah. Because we're recording it before, but it'll come out after. So happy, free, <laughs> and belated birthday to you. All. <laughs> welcome back.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It is a real honor, as always. I'm so excited
1: about this one. Um, we're going to break the rules a little um, <gasps> because I need Comic spotlight. It's supposed to be non big two. And so our book, the book of choice today is sort of a big two book, but sort of not. So it is Hill House Comics, which is created by Joe Hill, son of Stephen King. Um, and he had been actually, you know, he's a comic fan from way back. His, he and his dad talk about comics in their books and stuff. And um, so this is this is Hill House line as presented by DC. So it is not part of the DC universe in any way, shape or form. But it is part of the Stephen King universe, which we will discuss at yes. length as we go through this. So <laughs> um, and it's relatively new. It's 2021. Hill House Comics came out. It was announced in mid-2019. It came out at the end of 2019. And what we needed during a global pandemic pandemic was a collection of horror books because we were all not stressed out enough (laughs) i will be honest and tell you i read every single hill house comic and i loved them all but this one is definitely my favorite so tell everybody what we're going to be covering and why you picked it
0: absolutely so we are going to be covering basket full of heads now the reason we're covering it is it's your own fault (laughs) (laughs) basically i mentioned
1: it to you. You yeah. did.
0: <laughs> Last time I was on the show, yeah. you said, Oh, you would like this. Yeah. And finally I got myself into gear and actually read it. And you were correct. I did like it. Oh my goodness. It's
1: bananas, right? It's, it's so bananas. They were having so much fun, Joe and Leo Max, that it was supposed to be six issues, and they were just like, eh, <laughs> we can't get it done. We're just gonna add a seventh. It's our company. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Tell us no.
0: Well. I mean, who can argue with that? Right, yeah.
1: And DC, what is DC going to say? You know, it's really, we're just putting it out for you. And so you (laughs) want to do more than we contracted you to do? No, we don't want
0: any part of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, We're getting more than our money's worth. Right. How dare you? How dare
1: you give us extra work? So, well, I'm glad I mentioned it. I mean, it's one of the best titles in the last 20 years. I mean, what I love about it and I think I remember saying that to you. There's this book called Basketful of Heads. Guess what it's about? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> that's right. Guess what it's about, everybody? There's a Okay, there's a basket and there are heads right. in it. And that is the story.
0: Have you kept up, everyone?
1: Right. <laughs> um, it is gorgeous. We'll definitely talk about um, Leo Mack's art and Dave Stewart's coloring because I think his coloring is oh. expert in this. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to do night shots and there's a lot of shots at night in this book. And so I always there think are. a colorist who can do night work. Um, so the plot is in typical uh, King family fashion, it takes place in a weird place in Maine <laughs> um, because I mean, seriously, have you ever, I've only been to Maine once as a child. I don't know. Have you been to America?
0: I've been to America. I've not been to Maine.
1: Okay. So, well, I've been to Maine once when I was a kid and I broke my collarbone and um, <laughs> Yep. So Maine is just a place where weird shit happens. Is, is apparently <laughs> just don't go there. Eat, I don't know. I'm sure it's lovely, but right. honestly, Stephen King and Joe Hill are not really the poster boys for like the Maine tourism industry, are they?
0: No. I'm surprised there hasn't been conversations with the Maine tourist board saying, <laughs> "Look, right, lay off at least once."
1: <laughs> Can you just? <laughs> well, at least with the stand, it takes place all over the country, right? Yeah. He spreads that shit out a little. But yeah, it's it's exhausting, <laughs> the stuff that goes on in Maine. So this takes place on a small island in Maine and in 1983. And our hero is June Branch. And um, it all takes place in one day, right? In like 12 yeah. hours-ish. Yeah.
0: Because uh, it yeah, starts. It, does,
1: it shows you the time. Yeah. Um, and it starts, remember, because yeah, he's. It? At the beginning, Liam, her boyfriend, is like, oh, it's five after five. I'm no longer a cop anymore. Like, it was really specific. Like, hey, pay attention to what time it is. What do you make of that? Let's just start there. I was just curious because they show the time all the time. And they were very specific about that. I read it several times. I've 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 not I've got a couple fan theories. I didn't do any deep digging into it. What did you make to the fact that it was super important that we knew what time it was all the time?
0: Yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. There were some occasions where it absolutely made sense where she when she's hiding in the bathroom.
1: A full Absolute, hour passes.
0: Yeah, full hour yeah. passes. She's she's hiding in the laundry hamper. Absolutely makes sense that we know she's been in there for an hour. For us to then make sense that it's been a certain amount of time between that event and the next event, I wasn't too sure about that. I wasn't sure what they were going for in that one.
1: Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't figure it out either. Um And so every clock that was in the building, I was like, oh, this is what time it is. I've got like on my notes, like in this episode, three (laughs) hours have passed. And so the only thing that I found strange is when she goes to the police station. And again, we'll jump around, but we'll, you know, we'll kind of get through the whole book. But the clock on the wall says three, but it's but her watch doesn't say three o'clock yet. So I wasn't sure if there was supposed to be some significance there. I couldn't figure that out. didn't notice that. Um, Except the power went out. But the power doesn't go out yes. at like three in the afternoon. So I don't know. Unless does that mean the fact that the clock in the police station stopped at three, that because when we find out the reveal of what happened, that the power was cut before it all started? May, yeah, maybe. you see what I mean? Like, yeah, did these events take start at three o'clock in the afternoon? And that is the only clue we have.
0: Yeah. Possibly.
1: I don't know the answer. Just making shit up.
0: Yeah. There has to be a reason.
1: There does, there right? There has
0: to be a reason for it. Yeah. But I well, can't get my head around I
1: can't it. either. So we'll stick it out in the universe. I know Jack has read this series. This is a big hit. So other people have read it You're listening. Steve has read this. If you can tell us what you guys yeah. think, you know, send us messages, what you think of the time. Because the whole thing takes place in about 12 hours with june but there is that one time in the police station where it takes where the clock is stopped two hours because at first when she goes to the police station and it says three i'm like oh it's three but then you show her right. watch later and it's not yet three it was like "Ooh."
0: yeah i'm just i'm frantically flicking through and i've just got seen her watch and it says five past two and that's when she's in the cell right um i haven't seen the the clock in the police station but yeah that says three that
1: yeah right it's just it it's just a, yeah it's a few pages before that when hank first oh yeah i see it yeah see it there
0: yeah up in the corner right and i was gonna say it's on the wall so you, you would think it's a battery but it looks like it's actually in the wall so it could be powered. it
1: could be yeah i don't know all right well that's a great so see books that leave uh, more questions i'm okay with that yeah. i'm okay not everything has to be has to be cleaned up but anyway so Let's just go back. It's just one of those <laughs> mysteries that maybe it's like yeah. the watermelon scene in Buckaroo Banzai where it's just like there and it's irrelevant later. Did you ever see Buckaroo Banzai? Uh, I don't
0: know. Uh, I don't there's
1: know a one. scene. It's a it's a bizarre science fiction movie that Chris and Dave should cover on the VHS Rex back <laughs> one day. Chris will fucking hate. But um, there's a scene where they're running through and there's a watermelon and they're like, why is there a watermelon? And Jeff Goldblum's like, I'll tell you later. Or Buck or whatever one Peter Weller one of them says, and then they never come back to it. <laughs> I love that <laughs> and the rumor is the the rumor is that that scene is there is because the the studio has given them a bunch of grief, and then they realized maybe the studio like before they started making the movie, and then they realized, well, maybe the studio' is not actually watching the dailies, so they put that in there expecting to get notes, and when they didn't, they realized they could just do whatever they want for the rest of the movie uh, so then they just left on. it in the final cut too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just as a we showed you
1: Just as a fuck off Yeah and that movie yeah. totally bombed And it, is, <laughs> it has cult status now But anyway
0: <laughs> If only they'd followed through the watermelon Right I know if,
1: and, and who knows that movie's supposed to get sequels and everything So who knows maybe the time Maybe Joe Joe Hill Leo Max guys if you're listening can you explain it to us please yeah, Maybe we'll tweet could, at them I have gotten I Joe to, to tweet back at me once
0: Have you
1: Yeah so Wow well,
0: This is his opportunity for number two,
1: please, please, Mr. (laughs) Hill. So. All right. Well, let's go. Let's circle back to the beginning. Now that we've confused ourselves and our listeners with the time problem. Um, (laughs) Horror. Where where do you stand on horror in general? What is your relationship with horror as in books, comics, movies? What do you mean? Is this is this your first foray? Are you old? You know, what's your what's your horror origin story? And how does that tie into this?
0: Um, so this is my first horror comic. Um, I used to read. What well, I say used to. I used to be a really big reader. In the last ten years or so, for whatever reason, it's kind of phased out of my life. I really should get back into it.
1: You're reading tons so of I, comics now, so that's a reader.
0: Well, yeah, that's very true. I'm trying to get back into you know engaging my brain. Um, part of the reason why I come into here so you can. <laughs> turn my brain on again i appreciate um, that friend
1: thank
0: you <laughs> um but yeah i used to read a lot of james herbert and stuff um
1: oh so you weren't fucking around no, um, oh, <laughs> i enjoyed it yeah it was really good stuff yeah
0: um even when i was a kid um uh goosebump series if sure. you know them i used to love them um as they slowly got scarier because you got older as you went along. So those are one of the series that I kind of grew up with Um, films. I'm a bit up and down with because some horror films very much just turn into kind of slasher gore fests for no particular reason. I'd kind of, I don't
1: really like the horror porn, the horror porn, torture porn stuff like Eli yeah. Roth movies like Hostel. I saw Hostel because everyone's like, oh, my God, Hostel, Eli Roth can scare the shit out of you. And I was like. Really, just blood, I didn't blood yeah. for the sake of blood, I was not impressed.
0: Yeah, like the. um, The saw films. Yeah, I kind of go up, up and down on them. I thought right. the first
1: I, one was great. And then they just got yeah. progressively bizarre that's Not exactly good. my yeah. feeling
0: i really enjoyed the first one i watched the second one was a bit like mm. Mm. and then i watched the third one and was like oh what's even the point
1: <laughs> you and i we're the same exact <laughs> that's right yeah i i stopped they could have gotten great but i didn't give them the time
0: no. yeah um yeah i appreciate things that make you sort of think and have a story to them one of my really random f- f- favorites is um like the mothman prophecies oh which, sure that's good yeah um and the other one where they take oh no it's gone out of my head where he takes the bits and pieces of all the people it's the same sort of era my brain see my brain's already switched off it'll
1: pop back on it'll it'll hopefully it'll be, yeah, yeah yeah okay so you like that kind of more psychological yeah. horror than just a slasher film absolutely yeah And so this is a horror comic, which kind of and Stephen King obviously does a little bit of everything. And so does Joe Hill. Yeah. And and so so this does a little bit of both. And I think that's a good place to come. So for me, I grew up, you know, I'm older than you and I grew up in the uh, VHS era. And so totally true. My parents bought a VCR and we had to go to the next state over to get one at a good. (laughs) We lived on the border of Michigan and Indiana. We went down to to Indiana. We get the thing. And so no one else rented videos so the video store the place where we bought the vcr would then do video rentals and so you would have to drive and it was only like 20 minutes but we lived right on yeah. the state line but still you had to go to the other state to rent movies and so what are the first things because my dad my bad parenting from my parents one of the first things we watched was friday the 13th it's like <laughs> eight and um i didn't i didn't nice. necessarily care for it um but I didn't not watch either. Do you know what I mean? So it's like my relationship with those kind of early slasher uh Cabin in the Woods type movies, and you know, then the Freddy movies. I watched a lot of them and I come. I'm with you. I horror, I go back and forth. There's some really excellent horror movies, and there are some mm. totally awful. And actually, Cabin in the Woods, the Drew Goddard film, is fantastic. I don't know if you've seen that.
0: I haven't, no. That's
1: fun. Chris Hemsworth is in it, pre-Thor. And um <laughs> Sigourney Weaver, Bradley Whitford. It's really actually where it takes all of the horror tropes and it kind of mashes them together and it's a satirical look at horror. Um, I liked Your Next was fun. That That was kind of like a... And then Ready or Not with Samra Weaving a couple of years back. Did you see that? No.
0: Where she See, gets, this is the problem. I'm in media, I'm like 15, 20 years behind the rest of the world. No, no, it's, really it's bad.
1: I mean, it's <laughs> it's what you you know, you have time for what you have time for. That's all you can do. But so there's this movie where Sam are weaving. Um, she marries into this family and they play a game and then they try to hunt her and kill her. Nice. Yeah, that's the plot. Go. And so it's really <laughs> f- I loved it. It was a lot of fun. But it reminded me, the reason I bring that up. Is like that's the kind of horror that I'm for like you don't know why they're doing it and there's this psychological yeah. aspect like what are you doing Why? what is what there's some tradition here that you have to follow and there's all these different things and so this book there's this there's a mystery in the horror right mm. I mean if you were to say to someone who likes mystery books this would also fit the mold right oh absolutely
0: yeah it's one of those that you have to sort of go through it two or three times, and then you start picking up all the little bits and pieces. And yeah, the first time you, especially when I first read it, if you're one of those people who read it as it was released, I, I feel was. really sorry for you. It was yeah, rough. I feel really sorry for you. <laughs> month to month, you're <laughs> like ah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first time I read it, it was over maybe a week and a half, mm. and my brain was like, "What?" <laughs> it was. <laughs> so yeah, reading it as it was released, I no, I'm not one of those people yeah seven
1: months it took me to find out who, who done it
0: yeah and it's really cleverly done as well between the issues as it leads you in a certain way and then the next issue it leads you in a different way yeah and then each time it kind of keeps poking you and prodding you until you don't know what's going on anymore
1: <laughs> and, uh, and 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 is that a, do you think that's a good thing do you think that invites the audiences to keep going or do you think like like this, you know, like where you said the saw films. At some point, you're like, what the hell's going on? Am gonna quit? Was there? Yeah. Do you think that that Joe Hill does anything that that leaves his readers behind on this, or do you think he paces it enough that I mean, I kept going. I was reviewing it hmm. too for DC Comics News. So, okay, but I would have I would have kept reading anyway, you know, because I was hooked. But I but it was like every month it was like son of a bitch, and I would wait and I would wait till the end of the week. It'd be the last one I would review each week that it came out. Um, but it didn't matter. I still had to wait a month from whenever I read it. Yeah. You know, so it's not like I was like, I'm going to push it back, and now I only have to wait a month. I have to wait three weeks and six days. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's so stupid. <laughs> um, but do you think there was ever a? There's a moment in here where they like jump the shark, or they're turning anybody off.
0: I don't think so. I think it's done in just the right way, where you think you know what's going on, but you have a question mark. Or there's just that little bit of information that you want to know. And then the next issue it comes out and realize you realize you didn't know anything actually.
1: Yeah. Um, that's and that's amazing too because it's a visual medium and everything's yeah. there in front of you. So you think you you think you totally get it. And then you're like, I don't yeah. know anything. Yeah. And that's Basically. so it's refreshing, right? Mm-hmm. I loved it.
0: Oh, yeah. Cool. I loved it. It's, as I say, the first time took me a week and a half. The second time took me about two, three days. And I read it for the third time this morning.
1: Yeah, um, right. That's right.
0: <laughs> and each time I sort of picked up on something new. And I think if I read it again tomorrow, I'd, well, especially after talking to you, um, I'd pick up on even more.
1: It's so fun. It's such a fun. I mean, yes, there's murder and mayhem, and there is a literal basket full of heads. Um, he does. We've the... all got one of them. What's that? We've all got one of them. We've all got one. I, I mean, who doesn't who doesn't in their back closet have a basket full of heads? Yeah. I mean, I you know about the secret thing <laughs> that I found in my old paint closet. I shared that with the group. I actually yes. think I would have rather found a basket full of heads.
0: I'm not so sure I would. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not sure about that. Well, it was it was just you're right. Probably not. I probably, <laughs> I probably won, but it was, it was just shocking because I did not understand what was happening until it was too late. Um, that is not, has anything to do with this story. So sorry. Cause we were all saying about our, our secret basketball heads. So anywho, <laughs> what do you make of the wraparound story technique? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you wish, um, we hadn't started there? Um, does he give anything away and in general do you like that as a storytelling device tarantino uses it a lot it actually is yeah the tarantino people call it that even though he didn't invent it but what do you make of that wraparound story device
0: i it's one of those things that you go straight into it and it kind of gives you an idea what you're going to get and it grabs you straight away
1: okay i did
0: enjoy it um also it's the it gives you enough to bring you in but not too much because i was thinking about that the second time i read it through and so it just starts off and you see the figure on the bridge with the yellow raincoat and a basket full of somethings and that yellow raincoat bounces through a lot of people through the story so it's just enough to sort of make you think what's going on here um but not enough that it gives you the answers because there's enough that it could be along the way oh maybe it turns around here so no i like it yeah i think I, it's a good
1: i agree i think it worked here i don't always love it but you're 100 mm. right because then the first time you see the yellow raincoat would you guys again i'm all over the place you guys call those macintoshes why
0: i don't i don't really know
1: i don't either I don't know. No. All right. Some of the British is,
0: person. yeah. A Macintosh is like a really light raincoat.
1: Oh, it's not that it's not. A, that's not the so it's like, oh, OK, is it like a trench coat? Like does does John Constantine wear a Macintosh? No, that's would a, trench that coat. a trench coat. Yeah. OK, I didn't know if there was a difference. I know nothing about it. All right. All of the things cultural references. Someone help help me. So anyway. So, yeah, Need when you that. first see the yellow raincoat later, you're like, oh shit, that's who it was at the beginning. But yeah. it, it and so, it was smart, definitely. Um, I don't always think it works. A book I covered not that long ago, Severed, uh, which is another horror comic by Scott Snyder. Um, the wraparound story actually, I think, ruins the story a little. Okay. Um, it takes you out of it. Where because I think what they do so well is you don't know who's in it. Yeah. And you don't know. You assume it's a basket full of heads because the title is telling you, but you're not sure. Yeah. Is it that bad? That could be a ba- it could be a basket full of puppies that she's throwing over a bridge, or he, that person. Could, Either way, yeah, probably being on a bridge in the rain with a basket full of something—it's probably not great.
0: No, no, and you get the car that pulls up, um, and it's actually—I'm just looking at now—you see more here than you potentially do later on because in this in this first page on the last panel, the person leans out and says. Um, It's awful early to be out in this weather. What have you got in the basket, basically? But it's looking over their back shoulder, and you can see that they've got a gun behind them. Now, if I remember correctly, you don't see that again later on. Right. So it's although it's giving you hints towards the end, it's doing it in such a way that it's you could be looking at anything. My first reaction to that was someone's being caught out, not the ending that we actually got.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but then that also lets you know that when you re see it from the different angle, and that's that's a testament to Leo Max' genius art art stylings. When you see it again at the end from a different perspective, like, oh right, shit, (laughs) I forgot I'm page one. What could (laughs) be going down, and then it doesn't. So it's it's again, it's I think it works really well. I'm not like I said, I'm not always a big fan of the of the wraparound device. I do think, and, and the nice thing is, is the ending, the end and the last panel and the first panel aren't the same. We catch yeah. up and then we go again a little bit.
0: Yeah. It gives you a little bit more rather yeah. than. Which
1: is good. Completely. You need, which you need by the time you get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes when it's, as you say, when the first and the last bits are the same, you kind of, you either get too much at the beginning or not enough at the end. So you need to give yourself a little bit of space to, finish it off rather than just leaving everyone going huh
1: yeah I agree I agree I totally agree and I think I think what he does really well is you don't get that huh that's well said yeah. is that he, I think he tightens everything up and yeah. there's I didn't find on my I've read it several times as well I don't see a lot of plot holes here I've got not, not a lot of nits to pick with this
0: no the only question I had was the red coat in his car with the garden shears in it Mm -hmm. because it's never entirely clear who actually wore it and who actually used them and how the coat got in there that was the only question i had in my head but everything else seemed to be fine
1: but i agree with that and but is that okay and that's actually on my notes about the garden about mr harrison um do we think that he's is he what you think he is or is he what he says he is
0: yeah. I think he is what you think he is, but then that's because of that's what I think he is.
1: Yeah, I agree. Makes sense I, of that. No, no. Right. Listen up people. <laughs> no, I agree. Well, let's let me, and I know we're all over. Cause I just, that's how I love the show to be, to just talk about stuff. So, yeah. So essentially this is a story and I don't, You know, I don't want to give everything away here for people who haven't read Basketful of Heads. First of all, you should. And second of all, you know, there's a Basketful of Heads. You find that out from the... That's not to spoil. So I don't want to spoil everything here, the mystery. I don't want to, you know... So that's why I'm saying the things sort of in code. But you know. Um, So now that you're listening, you'll be like, oh, I got to look for Mr. Harrison and who is he? Is he what he says he is? Or is he what I think Paul thinks he is?
0: Yeah, I think he's one of these people that has an idea of what he wants to be or what he wants people to view him as Mm -hmm. but in actual fact the way he goes about his life is completely different right i think that's more of a you know an input into his mind and his way of doing things um that he i even he says it that he's you know he goes to church he's a god-fearing man he says that all the time yeah yeah but I've done all these things and maybe this is, you know, catching up to me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I
1: think. Yeah. Karma's a bitch, you asshole. <laughs> exactly. He's a, he's a, gar- he's garbage. There's a lot of garbage people. That's the thing. Yeah. So June Branch is our hero, which yes. I love the way that it starts off because it, it, she's not the likeliest of heroes. And you and I were chatting right. offline. And so I think we'll just jump right in. So, with the idea of the final girl. So in horror yeah. films, and especially in the 80s, which is when this takes place in 1983, there's some excellent 1983 music and some excellent 1983 fashions going on in here. Um, but and the, um, the car, the Volkswagen dune buggy uh, yeah. that, that our, Liam drives is awesome. But when you see the movie, when it starts, if this were a movie, Liam would be the hero and we would follow him and June Branch would be along for the ride Until the end And then she's the final girl And she does one yeah. thing at the end Heroically or in uh, in shock or whatever So, but that isn't what happens June Branch is not I'll ask you What do you make <laughs> of the final Sorry, what do you make of the final girl Idea writ large in horror And is June Branch a final girl Or not? Uh <sighs> in that vein of the final girl
0: yeah that's a hard one because she you follow her in a way that she is but then you sort of loop around and she isn't but then maybe she is again um i think it's a it's a good storytelling device which can be overused and then makes it look a weak because then you question why they're doing it but the sort of the idea of you know the unlikely hero um now you could put question marks as to why all these themes of this era think that the woman is always the unlikely hero but you know right um and i think that's it she they put her in that position but also at the same time saying yeah actually she's a badass and she is from the beginning yeah she's you think she's unlikely and she kind of thinks she's unlikely, I think, is the what they're getting at. If I'm making any sense. I like that.
1: No, I think that's good. I think we 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 learn through some really great dialogue. I I there's like there's one issue that is like exposition heavy that's like mm. evil Bond villain. Um, which will you know, we can get there. But I I what I like about June. Is your? I think you said it perfectly. I think that's it. She's not sure about herself, but she, in a conversation that she has with um, the sheriff's wife. So Liam is her boyfriend. He's a volunteer police officer on this small island in Maine, and this for the summer of 1987. This is the weekend after Labor Day, or the Tuesday. I guess I'd be Tuesday after Labor Day (laughs) because it's Monday here. So this whole thing takes place on a Tuesday. So, um, so he. he's been staying on their boat and he's gotten very friendly with their family. And so they're out at dinner kind of like as his so long. And he brings his girlfriend who goes to a university somewhere near and she's studying um, psychology and sociology, but she's interested in gender studies. And she has this really thoughtful conversation with this older lady of a different generation. So, um, and they have different views of like masculinity and what it means to be a man and what it's like to be a woman. And it's, in those panels, you learn so much about how smart she is. Yeah. But the panels previous, she's like painted. And you said in such a way where you're like, oh, she's just a girl in the short shorts with the tight shirt who's going to sleep with anybody. And there she makes some joke about, I'd give, I'd give you a blowjob to get out of a parking ticket, even if it wasn't my parking ticket. Yeah. And so it's like, she just wants to give him a blowjob. It has nothing. That's what she's saying. He missed it though. And so in the moment you're like, oh, she's, you know, whatever that's all she wants is to just have sex but then you realize that was a pretty funny joke and it went over his head like right (laughs) so so there's all these subtle hints that she's smart but also like you said she's not sure because these people around her nobody has faith in her either yeah so why would she have faith in herself is this young she's 20 she's you know She's she's trying. It's 1983. You know, it's not 2003. It's not 2023. You know, it's 1983. She's a 20 year old woman in 1983. So yeah. she's there was not a ton of opportunity. You know, she's kind of looking around. You're either going to be the the loose girl who's sleeping with everybody or you're going to be this old matronly fart who says my husband and son are the, or a maid. There's a domestic servant in this who yeah. is also integral but also a different avenue so there's she doesn't have like great role models so her whole thing is well i'm not really heroic i'm just i'm just i'm still i'm a fool thinking these thoughts that nobody thinks are good
0: yeah we don't get much input into their relationship but from what we do see you get the idea he very much talks down to her yeah like he he thinks he's above her Yes, he loves her. He cares about her, but he thinks he's the better one. Which even is silly, though, as you say, right? Yeah, yeah, even though she's doing all these studies. Yeah, she's quite clearly quite clever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 she is. Yeah, she is. And and I, I, you know, I love that moment where, and I think that's see that goes back to is she the final? Is she a typical final girl? Because she is smarter than everybody in the book. She, every panel she's in, she's the smartest person on the page. She, like you said, she's a badass the whole time. She, yeah. and she unleashes that pretty early. Oh, I yeah. mean, if, if the things that she goes through, I don't know that I'm in the same mental space at the end of these, of this night that she is.
0: No. It took her quite a long time to sort of have a reaction to what's going on, to, you know, having a basket with heads in. Yeah. Um, it's not until we get to the plural that she's suddenly like actually this isn't very <laughs> nice. <laughs> Up until then, she's very matter of fact. She's doing
1: what she needs to do. Yeah, and, and she's, she's just going through it. She is, and, and I think that is also like the you know the opposite of what we normally see in the final girl, right? The final girl in like the Friday the Thirteenth movies or the Freddy movies wins because all of the men jumped in front of the bullets, as it were, right? And so she gets to him at the end, and it's either she accidentally kills him, or it's like, you know, she gets that adrenaline shot at the end where she does one thing. But this is seven issues, 12 hours-ish, of June Branch kicking ass with a magic axe. And it's fucking awesome. I love her. Um, And I just don't know if... If I mean, I assume this is my guess is that Joe Hill and Leo Max are saying we want you to think about this in that final girl, you know, prism, because he said it in 1983 for a reason. I mean, yes, yeah. to not have cell phones, cell phones ruins this book, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, they would.
1: Because you'd have to oh, make up an don't. explanation why they don't work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that, you know, the power's out so it affects all the cell towers or something.
1: I suppose. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, it would just be an extra step of but they could do this, but they could do this.
1: Right. Yeah. I think but so I think it's more than just that though. I think I yeah. feel like he said it in the 80s at the height of of these slasher movies when Friday the 13th and all Halloween, all these movies were happening and there's and then there were all the bad spin-offs, right? All the B-movie. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween are technically B movies, but they were like have been pushed up to A list status. But then there's like all the other. If you just were to type in eighty slasher movie, yeah. there'd be a billion of them, right? Oh god, yeah. And he deliberately to to June is deliberately never naked.
0: Yeah, shit. Yeah,
1: thought that was genius. It, there's yeah. there's many opportunities for her to be. And That's they go out of their way to make sure even when she's changing, she at least has a bra on or yeah. it's out of shot instead of it being like that gratuitous 1980s. Here's some boobs. It's a 1980s horror movie. Got to have a boob in there.
0: At least one. Yeah. Even when she's getting changed, they have him leave. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, back in the day, that wouldn't happen. He'd be like, right, you're getting changed. And by the way, I'm going to stand here.
1: Yeah, And we're going to linger on you, too. And the point of view is just going to be like from the eyes. I mean, literally, some of those movies, like the point of view is so bad. It's clearly like the cameraman is the stand in for the creepy dude who's just going to stare at you while you're changing. And I think it was just really smart um, to not show it because it's it's I mean, they swear, they say, fuck. They talk about sex and blowjobs and everything in here. Yeah. So they could have done it but they chose not to. So again, is that them making a horror comic while subversing the horror genre?
0: Yeah, I think it's them acknowledging that there were a lot of good things about the films of the day. But if you look at them with a modern eye, there's also a lot of things wrong. So rather than saying that never happened. Right. (laughs) Why not?
1: <laughs> up- you guys couldn't see it but he covered his eyes. I loved it. It was like they were literally covering their eyes. And-
0: <laughs> why not just update the ideas to a modern eye? Take yeah. all the good things but, you know, give a kick to all the bad things as well. Yeah. Because you can do that and what I don't see why they don't do that more often.
1: I don't so I many, don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of it is yeah, we have to move past that you have to move past the bad bits but there were a lot of good as well yeah i think good
1: i think so too i think there's something inherent about being scared or that we like i mean there's a reason horror movies make so much money there's a whole channel yeah. i don't know if you guys get it over there it's called shutter do you guys get that
0: not that i know of. it's
1: a streaming service that you can pay however much and it's just horror movies and they have originals oh. like originals made for shutter like it's so big of a thing that they make horror movies just for this streaming horror service oh wow yeah so it's not like this and obviously yeah. Stephen King is the best-selling writer of the last hundred years right yeah and it knows a thing or 12 about horror so um, yeah. you know so I just I, I just think it's really smart I just think it's smart in so many ways I love June um, I think I think that it is really good um, that like like you said they're instead of covering their eyes they're living in it there's all these tropey guys right there's this creep guy there's like rich asshole blonde white dude there's yeah. you know there's all these different layers of of stereotypical horror um you know things that you want horror clichés but then every time then then you see how June can can battle it where in another movie she'd be assaulted this way. In another movie, those clippers would have been used in a really grotesque way. In another movie, yeah. this would have happened and this would have happened. And while she gets her ass kicked a lot, I mean, they she grab does. her by the hair and they <laughs> punch her and she gets, but at the end, and this isn't given too much away, she has to cut her own thumb off at one point and she does it yes. to herself. And it yeah. is so fucking badass. The first time you saw that when you realized, because you see her heading for the, for the truck and then later, then the camera, air quote, moves away. And when you come back, you don't know what's happening. Did you see, did you figure that's what she was going to do? Or did that blow your mind up?
0: Yeah, that blew my mind. I wasn't expecting that. So yeah, smart. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. It shows that she's, even in the hardest point, she's able to think it through.
1: Yeah. And she then, we see a couple more panels after she cuts her own thumb off. She goes into a place where there would be yeah. where it makes sense for there to be the tools that there are. And she cleans it. She, she's cauterizes it. She gives herself a shot of adrenaline and she knows how to do all of that. So, <laughs> yeah. again, in and there's no words on those pages. So you see it all happen and you're like, boy, she is the yeah. smartest person in the room. Like yeah. you thought even, it before.
0: But now, you know, yeah. even when she does get out of the handcuffs, she doesn't just get out of the handcuffs and run. She gets out she loops them around she hooks them onto the door so the door stays open and they're still leading into the car so he thinks that she's in there so every single step of the way she's thinking it through
1: yeah it's awesome it's so cool again she's like i think it's aspirational you know um i was having a conversation and i put this in our discord the other day but i was having a conversation with someone so this is like perfect timing and it's probably why i was thinking about it in this way because of this but um we were talking about the, the that game I sent you the link that you said you played, the bro game. Broforce, oh, yeah. Broforce. Yeah. Bro and and yeah. my friend said Ripley is a bro in Broforce. Mm. Ripley from Aliens. And because yeah. we were having a conversation about Ripley and how people say Ripley's a final girl, and that always gets me salty. Because I'm like, Ripley's no final girl. Like, I disagree mm. with that because she's a badass. She fits yeah. all the final girl tropes. But she's, in my opinion, she's not one because she outsmarts everybody. And in the second yeah. movie, you know, she not only outsmarts and outlasts everybody, but she saves a man and a child. You know, like she doesn't. Yeah. She's no final girl. I mean, yes, at the end of the first movie, she's technically the only one who lives. But anyway, the reason I bring that up mm-hmm. and I, so I think that's why. It's just been out of my head because I was talking about that and then I was thinking about Ripley and then I was thinking about her in these terms. And this takes place in 1983, and Alien was 1979. You know, it just, just this idea that there was, and again, this is probably me stretching it (laughs) like I do, but to me, I see again, that's the connection. Like, like this is he wrote this in 2019, Hmm. he placed it back at a time when four years later, after Alien came out in this world. You know, there's this woman who's kind of the badass like Ripley is. You you underestimate her the whole time. Yeah. Because that your own peril. There's no reason to do it other than the part that other than the reason that she's a female is the only reason you underestimate her. Let me ask you this. If it had been flipped, if the main character was Liam from the jump or Hank or any of these other dudes, would you have underestimated them the whole time?
0: Hmm. That's an interesting one. uh uh, no probably not but also that may be because of the way that they portrayed him at the beginning sure sure if if they'd sort of portrayed him in a similar sort of way maybe you would be less inclined to say that he'd get through it um maybe but maybe that's just me sort of thinking positively about us as a society
1: <laughs> yeah and maybe i shouldn't have said you you as a <laughs> as a person who has evolved but like what the, the and the other thing too and this is where the ripley conversation started and ripley being a bro you know she's mm-hmm. like one of the bros she's like stallone or whatever because she's the badass so i like that they in this game that they make ripley a bro that makes me excited but i wonder um because i have this theory that everybody's like it's always die hard whatever But then as I've been thinking about this these last few weeks in preparation for this and just thinking about this whole stuff, the diehard formula was actually done in Alien first. She's just an average person who has to overcome odds and beat the baddies kind of on her own. And then in Alien, she does it again. And then if you follow the diehard series through its logical ending the same way you follow the aliens each alien movie gets a little more silly and alien and uh ripley gets more more powerful and like the last diehard at the end he's like indestruct is indestructible man yeah you know he and his yeah. son somehow <laughs> yeah. survived chernobyl what no they yeah. didn't <laughs> wouldn't they be dead before the movie's over
0: yeah probably
1: but because they're McLean's, they're fine. So and they do that like in the fourth alien movie, Ripley is actually not even human anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's so anyway, this is my thing. So, but in Die Hard, you're always supposed to be like, well, he's just an everyman with a gun. And so, but you can't underestimate him. But again, if you had said it isn't John McLean, but it's Holly McLean, is the star of that, does that mm. movie work? Not because Bonnie Badia doesn't have the care the charisma of You know Bruce Willis. Don't think of it that way. But like, if it's if it's Jane McLean instead of John McLean, is that movie a hit? Because, are you know? Because at no point when you're watching Die Hard do you doubt Bruce Willis is going to pull it off. You know. But when it's a female lead for whatever reason, she has to not overcome the odds, but also overcome the sense of doubt just by being a woman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in if you were to make completely swap the characters around so holly mclean is the detective and you know she's used to all this sort of thing and blah 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 would people still go in there and think she's less capable than they would john probably yeah because i think the so that society has wired our brains for so long
1: right and that's just, so that's so to me that's what this book is like yeah. on this read I didn't think all this the first time I read it last year and the second time. Because I, I did, I read a month by month. And then when issue seven came out, then I read them all together. Right. As you know, as one cohesive story, because I could. Yeah. So when seven came out, I went back and read them all and then read seven. I didn't, I didn't read, I've never read seven on its own. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like yeah. each one through six, I had to wait, wait, wait. And then when seven came out, I was like, okay, I gotta go back and read them all right. in one sitting. And I did. And so I have a totally different understanding, but I was I was to then, I was just wanted to know who did it. Yeah, you know, I was so stuck in the mystery and so caught up in that. And it's just now through this other lens of getting to sit and talk to you and spending weeks thinking about it since we've decided to do this, that's where my head is. So I'm, as you know, as part of what I do in the show, I make stuff up and hope that other people agree. <laughs> so I could be making all this up. I just, I just think about that and I feel like Joe Hill is having some sort of gender politics conversation with us here by their and then he makes it even more uh, and i've forgotten this that june and the mom have the gender politics conversation in issue one yeah. you know so it's like it's not even subtext it's just text
0: yeah it's right there yeah,
1: yeah. so i just I, I i loved it i don't know Somebody am i off yeah. you think i'm crazy no
0: i think you're right i think especially joe hill being who he is being immersed in that world he would know the all the mechanisms that they would use he would know the conversations that would go on to say right this is you know this is how you get to this this is how you make people feel this way but he's also able to look at it through the lens of that time but also through a modern eye saying but why is that why does it have to be that way why can't we do it a different way whilst also saying this is what you're expecting which just takes it to a new level because he's taking people's expectations and then dragging it and slapping you around the face with it yeah
1: cutting your head off
0: <laughs> yeah basically yeah
1: <laughs> what do you what do you think about magic in stories like this there's magic in this story and again i don't think it's giving anything away people's heads no. get cut off and it's with the magic axe what do you what do you think of magic do you think does that does does magic do you need magic to have uh, a good you know tense storage is the magic aspect of it Um, ruin it do you wish they didn't give you any plausible solution for why that axe does what it does like what do you think of that like hand wavy magic in
0: this (laughs) I think um, I think he did it the right way you don't you don't want to go too heavy on it in a book like this he gave it a nod he said for all of you wondering why this is happening (laughs) this is a possible reason but for all of you who don't care, let's continue. Right, <laughs> I think that's exactly it. <laughs> so I think it's one of these that he needed a storytelling device. He didn't want people coming away going, "Yeah, but why?" But he also didn't want to turn it into a magic book.
1: Yeah, right. Magic is irrelevant. It's like yeah. the reason that that uh, um, you know Back to the Future works is because you're like flux capacitor. Woo! Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's yeah. it's when time travel stories get too up their own ass that they fall apart.
0: Yeah, you spend hours and hours and hours saying, "Oh, this is why this is happening, and yeah. this is the mass behind it," and then the person in the background is going,
1: "Yeah, but what about this?"
0: And uh, you know,
1: And then it falls apart.
0: So yeah, you're just exactly. Like,
1: magic axe.
0: Yeah, it's a magic axe. We think this is the reason behind it. We don't know. Deal with it. We don't care. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, if you need an answer, here's an answer. If you don't yeah. need an answer, eh, it's
0: fine. And I'm sure if you are inclined enough, you could look up the details of this thing. And there probably is a story behind it. You know
1: it. what? You're one. That's bad research. I bet you you're right. There's probably yeah. a real <laughs> mythology behind it, isn't there? I did
0: mean to look it up, but I didn't.
1: I did not at all. I didn't even think to. So now I'm mad, but I will. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> and if I can find a link, I'll put it in the show notes. Link to, and I'll call it, here's the link to the thing that Paul said so
0: i'm sure there must be something um yeah
1: because it is oddly specific right
0: yeah in fact where is it he says as though he has half a thought and is actually just going to keep talking because he doesn't know what he's saying no i was looking for a bit i can't find it um but yeah he referenced it he gives it a name he says this is the story it's quick yeah it's quick but specific
1: right and so, like you said, it's there. You get three panels of it in the car, in the truck. And then if yeah. you want to go look, if you want to do your research, it's there. For further reading, Joe Hill recommends. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> this stuff about Vikings. And if you don't care, let's move on because June, exactly. oh, by the way, is in peril. Yeah. She is in peril. So she is, yeah. there's a lot of bad guys in this story mm-hmm. and and no one is really good except for June maybe and then at the very end of the big reveal and I won't give that away there's a second yeah. good person um, maybe um, it feels yeah. like the motivations of that person are also really personal and like yeah, I'm only doing I, I'm not really that good of a person I've known all this horrible shit's been going on and, on and I didn't care but then you pissed me off so I'm going to take your ass down it felt like that like yeah. spite
0: oh absolutely yeah, yeah what I loved about that is that her motivations were nothing to do with what they expected
1: not at all it was so crazy
0: <laughs> all of this that they went through and it had nothing to do with it
1: yeah one last sleight of hand No, as it yeah. makes for good writing that. yeah but what do yeah. you make to the bad guys um before we start talking about leo max's amazing art yes what do you make to the bad guys in this um do you have a favorite bad guy? Are they all equally disgusting? Like, I kind of lean towards hating Hank the most, but I don't know where you where you are. Like, do you? What's your? Who's your? Who's your favorite baddie? And does this work? Chris Phelps always says stories work best when there's a good baddie, but this is like relentless baddies. It's like yeah, it's almost like video game levels. I mean, I don't play a lot of games, but I understand the concept of like. You got to kill this one. You got to get to the next one. So there's almost like different boss levels, you know, different levels until she gets to the boss at the end.
0: But yeah.
1: Do you have a favorite along the way or do you think the boss baddie is the word, is the baddie of the baddest?
0: That's an interesting question because the big boss baddie, is he really the baddest of all the baddies? I don't know. No, arguably, you could say that his son is the, he's the slimiest of all of them. He's, he's awful. The, he's horrible. Yeah. Um, what's his name Hank. Uzo, Sal, Um is it one. Hank oh uh, yeah that's his son so yeah Hank's yeah, his yeah. son Sal is he's, the first head yeah, and Sal's Hamilton the is the second one.
1: head and then Hank
0: yeah so Sal you kind of think he's of an age in a situation you kind of feel like did he just get himself in a situation you as the story goes on, you kind of wonder of how bad he truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, Ned is just power hungry and Hank. Yeah. I think Hank's the slimiest. Um, I think the chief is the, the most interesting one because you don't learn too much about him. And you wonder, where his motivations lie in all of this? Is it just power? Is it just the money?
1: That's a great question because the other thing too is June hears all of these stories, so we hear all the stories from people who've proven to be garbage. So how much of anything, that's why I asked you the question about Ned earlier, is he what he says he is or is he what we think he is? Right. And and they all tell June these stories. And she, in the middle of literally fighting for her life and chopping people's heads off and chopping her own thumb off, has to then take this story in and figure out who's telling her the truth and why would yeah. they tell her the truth. And so we only get what they tell her. So I think you're, yeah. that's a great point, is what is his motivation? We only get a sort of half-assed story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because even... You make a, because it's Sal that is actually the one who killed the other police officer. Right, yeah. Um, not the chief. And it's Ned who's running all the drugs, not the chief. The chief is just kind of protecting things, but why?
1: Yeah, because of I don't money. know.
0: But is it more than that? Like, he's got the biggest question mark over his head, but as you say, he is the big boss he's the boss level at the end yeah and arguably he's the hardest one to kill because yeah. he does almost outwit her whereas the others weren't able to
1: but he's but he's stupid enough to give her an out and i think it's a totally plausible yeah. out and i love that she saves herself
0: yeah i love that too i
1: thought that was really important that there was no Deus sex machina like oh here's a hand literally i mean and there's that cover where it's literally helping hands, like you know she's sinking yeah. and there's hands. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But then she gets <laughs> herself out. So, because um, at first there's the there's a picture where Leo Max shows like she's underwater, tied to an anchor. Everybody and um, mm-hmm. there's a hand, like a like a hand in the thing. And so just for a second, you think like, ah, something's gonna help her, something's gonna save her. And then yeah. no it was worse than you ever imagined (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i love that but the way that they build expectations and then just go no just kidding
1: (laughs) oh i love it yeah let's talk about leo max um art style what do you think of him
0: i love it every single moment of it it's it makes you feel of the era it gives you as you say it's nighttime it's really hard to do but he doesn't make you feel like you're peering into this tiny hole in the blackness you feel like you're there in the situation it's got enough detail but not too much that it's like some some artists you can look at it and you think did you remember that you're doing a comic or were you trying to be something else? Um, like but then you get to the other extent like Alex Ross and it, it's a painting um, yeah which is fair enough if you can do that do it yeah. but there are some where you kind of like you're on this weird edge where you're not quite one not quite the other but the, I just I love this
1: <laughs> I do too I know it's hard to that's the thing when I wrote my reviews every week it was every month I was like well what awesome adjectives can I say about Leo Max this month Because Leo Max, everybody, is one word. That's his name, Leo Max. We're not saying Leo space Max. His name is Leo Max, one word. Um, And we'll link to his stuff, obviously. But it is gorgeous. It is, and I think you nailed it, is that he knew he was doing a comic book. So he wanted to gross you out, but he also didn't want to have it be so horrific that you couldn't look at it. Yeah. My favorite panel, and I know this is silly, And I screenshotted it so I could show it to you. It's a full page, but it's not a typical Mm -hmm. splash that's a side by side. It's, he does a lot of, have you noticed? He did a lot of like one page as a panel. Yeah. It's, and this is just says everything about where everything is. It's this one. So in the panel, it's, it's like, we're the voyeur and you're looking down a hallway and June is hiding in the bathroom. And at the end of the hallway, there's two prisoners who you think are prisoners with uh, flashlights and everything about it is so tense. And it's just a standalone page. Just there it is. And you're like, man. And, and the way that he, because he does it as its own standalone page, you're like, fuck, I can't turn fast enough. I can't get <laughs> to the next thing. And it was so smart of when they choose because a lot of times you use a splash page or a one page or like that. Because it's a big action set piece. And so you want to fit as much in on the page. But he would do these huge panels of like a simple scene that in most other comics would just be over here. You know, like top left. But or you'd put this bottom right, because you'd still want them to turn the page. You'd put this bottom right on the right hand side. But he was like, Nope, I'm gonna do this the right side of the page, just this whole image. Yeah. Good luck. I loved it.
0: It's done in, you know, she's in a tight space and they've got the openness and it's dark where she is and it's slightly lighter where they are. It's just all the little details that it makes you feel her emotion just that little bit more. And you can, yeah, you can feel it as you turn the page. Yeah. Um, And doesn't that then open up into where she's in the bathroom?
1: For an hour hiding in the laundry hamper. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you kind of, you feel the suspense that she was in and the tight space that she was in. And then the drastic decision that she had to make where she's in a a tiny little thing that there is no escape from.
1: Right. And if they find her, she's fucked. There's nowhere to go. Oh, it's so And it's really,
0: really cleverly done as well with the, um, with the lettering in that. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then she pokes up and then you suddenly, you know what's saying again and then she closes it and then you don't know what they're saying again. And again, it's just, she's in a tight space. She may or may not get out of it. She has no idea what's going on.
1: Good luck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, I just think it's gorgeous. I think there's so many times. And and what I love is that they add a seventh issue. And most there's like between the end of the sixth sixth issue and the first half, there's hardly any words in those. Like Mm. they made a seventh issue for Leo Max to just kind of show off. But but going (laughs) back through, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, of Joe just saying, I've written a thing, go. And he lets him tell his story. And I'm sure that's part of why it needed to be a seventh issue, because they're like, some of these images are so awesome, we need them to be on their own page instead of, because hmm. they all draw full page and then they shrink them to fit on the page. It's right, not like, okay. you know, he's doing the comic. He's like, oh, yeah. I've only got a two by two, so I'm gonna draw the whole thing in a two by two, you know? So he's drawing it, these big things when Seth and I interviewed Justin Greenwood, he, he was in his art studio showing us. Oh, wow. What, yeah, it was pretty cool. So he's like, oh, yeah, I draw on these. And there's like this huge paper that he draws on every panel in every wow. comic. So like he does Stumptown, right? So there's like lots of these like eight panel pages and he's doing them all on full sheets of wow. paper by hand. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was That's cool brilliant. to see. Yeah, so it's just amazing. Um, yeah, I can't get over I cannot be effusive enough about my love for Leo Max in this comic. It is the perfect art style for a horror comic. And I think, feel bad. I mean, I'm reading a horror comic now. And it's good. But it's like, I just read this again. So it's like, oh, I'm sorry, this comic. I like, I I will, I promise. Now, like I've been reading boom studio something is killing the children where they're desert era. And that is like super dark. It's totally different. And it's perfect for that. But I think because that's takes place in the now
0: where because
1: of what, like you said, this is so it it feels like you're watching a 1980s horror movie.
0: Yeah, it does. And even just like um, he'll show the motion in one panel. Like he'll show like the heads, you'll see the heads the same head two or three times in the panel and it gives you that motion but the fast motion and you feel that everything's happening so fast
1: when they turn they'll like turn and it'll be like their heads on looking one way and the other way at the same time so good
0: yeah Ah. it's so good and it does it a couple of times with her as well in different situations and it just makes you feel of the moment and you know and the change of Mm -hmm. pacing between the panels and yeah
1: yeah so good Um, yeah well
0: some panels it'll you'll just have like you'll have three or four panels to just do five five or six seconds yeah or you'll have panels that go from big space to small space to to an hour later to
1: it's just amazing yeah it's amazing (laughs) Let's talk about Dave Stewart, the colorist too, not Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics. Although, wouldn't that be cool if this was his second yeah, yeah. career? He's like, <laughs> I'm no longer producing and making records. I've now color comics. So there's a scene, and I have screenshotted it to show you. So I'll do my best to describe where this is. Where Dave Stewart, he won the Eisner last year, not for this, but he's you know this. He won Best Colorist last year. I voted for him. I have an Eisner vote. Did you know you'll get an Eisner vote? Did you know that? I yeah, if no, we, we'll talk about that. But we at the comics, and you can register yourself as an Eisner voter because you have a comics podcast. It's true.
0: What right.
1: doing that? Yeah, for sure. I'll <laughs> send you the link and show you how. But so here's the reason I voted for Dave Stewart for Eisner was because of this panel, and he's great. He did the um, a lot of the um, other DC Vertigo stuff. But here's a panel, and at the top of the panel are our three heads and mm. and of course we're looking through a computer screen here so you guys aren't seeing it at all but the first head he cuts off is more blue right and the yeah. second head is a little more pale and less blue and then the new head that had just been cut off still looks like a normal head yeah. and that's genius cuz when you first cut the head off in issue 1 it just looked like you looked yeah and then and then at the bottom of that page there's a flashback scene and it's in sepia tone
0: Yes, I love that.
1: On one page, he does all of this, <laughs> the colorist, Dave Stewart. And you're like, that. Yeah. And Steve and I have talked about it. And I think everybody says, you already mentioned the letterers. Deron Bennett's letters are amazing. Because like you said, the way that when you're, he, 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 um, he letters tone and he letters distance. And like, yeah. um, you can tell when somebody's being quiet or someone's shouting. And it's not, it's, he's not overdoing it. But I think what Dave Stewart does in a few of these panels is he t- he's telling you when it is, where it is, how long it's been. Again, going back to that time, we can see that with Sal's head. So now it's been, she cut his head off, with at probably 11, right? Yeah. She gets out of the hamper and it's about 11. Yeah. And so now it's like three, three or four, and his head's turning blue. And that's not looking so good, but not looking great. So we know that's another thing. You know, it's not going to last forever. Like she was worried. That's the other thing about June is she's worried. She's like, well, if I left your head there, you'd live forever and crabs would eat you. And she felt bad for him. There's a moment where she wipes his nose when he's crying. Yeah. I mean, she's amazing. She's like, this is amazing. I mean, this guy was going to kill you and do worse things to every awful thing he could think to do to you. And you're wiping his headless nose or his his bodiless face his nose it's insane but i just think dave stewart's coloring is so epic and i think it's just such another uh expert way to storytell without having to to again bring exposition man into it and be yeah. like you know it's not you don't <laughs> have to do that he just colors it a certain way so you know what's happening
0: yeah, yeah there's a, a lot of tv shows that now to do it to a similar effect where things in the past would just be slightly sepia or just a slightly different shade of blue or and it's just a simple effect but it works so well especially in this when it's got the difference between there in dark and then it's in the the nice shiny past where everything was happy and you weren't there was no basket
1: full of heads yet yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly
0: right Um, but there was two things that i thought of just while you were talking yeah the first one with the lettering there's a there's one panel where you see through i can't remember which one it is but you see through the eyes of one of the heads and everything's slightly fish-eyed, including the lettering, which is brilliant. Because otherwise, you wouldn't necessarily know that you're looking through the heads. I think that's so amazing. So good. And the other thing was, in the panel you showed me, it rem- reminded me that in the fight between her and Ned, she elbows him in the nose. Yeah. And from that panel onwards, his nose is always red.
1: So it's just smart. Just a simple effect.
0: But it's like, I love it.
1: I know. It's so good. It's, it really is like a, I mean, we, we're all lucky to have, have this book. And if you, I think even if you don't like horror books, it's worth reading. Um, Before we wrap up, we have to talk about the Stephen King universe in which this lives. So for everybody who doesn't know, and we've talked about it, but Joe Hill is Stephen King's oldest son. Um, And his mom's last name was Hill. That's why he took the last name. Now his other son, Owen King is also a novelist and, and, you know, and his mom's a poet. So screw them. Screw that family. <laughs> and they're all good. It's not like... Well too much talent. You know what I mean? It's not like you read Joe Hill stuff and you're like, that's crappy. You're like, God yeah. damn, you're good. And I love Hill House comics. Like I said, I read every single Hill House comic. And by the way, the little nugget in here, this, the softball team that she puts the shirt on and it says mm. the Sea Dogs, in the back yeah. of every Hill House comic from the beginning to the end, there was a running thing of a pirate story mm. and they were the Sea Dogs. It uh, was a little Easter egg for his own story. Nice. Yeah. The one thing I haven't done is gone back and read the sea dogs in order. I'm assuming he'll collect that. Like it'll just be, cause it was like a three page backup story in every issue of Hill house. Wow. So you'd have to read Basketful full of heads one to get the that one. And then you'd have to go to Daphne Byrne one to get issue two.
0: That man has too much foresight and cleverness. It's like. genius.
1: I know, but the Stephen King stuff. So the, we talked about it off air. They are outside of Dairy, everybody, um, which is where Pennywise lives. So think about that. Shit's bad. Um, and the prisoners escape from Shawshank prison. So this is clearly yep. set in Stephen King's universe. What did you think that was a little too cheeky? Did you think that was nice? Do you think that adds a different layer to to it? What, what did you make of it being in his dad's universe?
0: I think it's just cheeky enough. It's just he's not. He's not riding his dad's coattails, but he's giving a little nod to, I mean, even like, I'm sorry, but even if it wasn't his dad, if you're setting a horror comic in this era and you don't give a cheeky nod to him, you're probably missing the point in the nicest possible way.
1: I think that's great. I think think you're right. I think it's a love letter. The other thing I noticed is I did some digging. Um, We did learn that um, June is from Bates, which is also the name of the high school where Carrie went and Carrie takes place in 1979. And this is 1983. So it's was like, Holy shit. Did June go to high school with Carrie? Wow. I wonder, I don't know. But I <laughs> feel like, I don't know. I didn't, I couldn't yeah. find anything to, to make that true, but the name rang a bell when it was like, mm. Oh, blah, blah, Bates. And I was like, and at first I thought, well, Kathy Bates is in the misery movie. So it's like, Oh, I'm just thinking, Kathy Bates, you know, because she's in a Stephen King movie. And it's like, I don't think that's it. So I did some digging. So Bates is the name of the high school where Carrie went. And so I don't know if June went to high school with Carrie. So that would be bananas. And is that why she's a psychology major? Because she's like, listen, this one girl in my high school went crazy and killed everybody in the gym.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some shit got real.
1: Shit got real because she was mentally abused by her friends and her mother um yeah. so I don't know <laughs> I just thought that was uh I uh, just that. like that that was a nice little yeah. that was another again just enough it was just there you're right I agree with you I think that's the right thing it was just cheeky enough he didn't overdo it uh yeah. but you don't there, want to
0: no there are probably I think it was as we said before there's probably little things that if you know the universe well enough you'll be like ah uh, yeah well done um but yeah I don't know the books well enough to pick them up but I'm sure that they must be. There.
1: Oh, I'm sure. And again, I don't, I've not read them all. I've read, I mean, in, uh, Stephen King's one of those writers who, if you love something, it's great. Like he's so hit and miss. Like mm. I really loved the book sell, but the movie sucked. And I really loved Shawshank Redemption as a movie and the book was fine. And I liked, you know, it's like one of those things where sometimes the book is better. Sometimes the movie's better. I've seen, sometimes I've read the books, but not seen the movies and vice versa. So, but then there's some yeah. books where I'm like, this is so bad. I'm going to stop reading.
0: Yeah. So yeah. he's I did I did vaguely remember that I'm sure Stephen King does have a book set on a small island that is cut off by the mainland by a storm.
1: So I am sure he does. <laughs> I wonder if it's Brody Island.
0: Probably. Probably or the same island, there's... and we're
1: missing that. Yeah, we're missing yeah. that very obvious thing that was there for Probably everybody yeah. and we didn't catch it. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, I mean, or Shining maybe there's is... a
0: character in there called Brody
1: or something. Yeah. And shining, obviously, is they're cut off from from the weather, too. So, well, anyway, well, this was joy. So the the last question before you plug all of your amazing stuff is who do you think should read Basketful of Heads? Who would you recommend this to? I recommended it to you. So I that's my answer. I recommend it to Paul. Um, Who do you recommend this to and why? Who should read this?
0: Oh, wow. Do you know what? After the last episode, I knew this question was coming, but I got so engrossed in a comic, I forgot to think about it. Um, <sighs> I think it would appeal to... I would recommend it to, if that's that one person you know, who says, oh, yeah, but the comics, there's, there's no depth in them, that person tell them to read it, read it three times and then tell them. Which him we've to done.
1: Up. Yeah. You need to read it three times <laughs> and it won't take you long. It's a quick read. No. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I think this is proof that there's a lot to comics than some people think. Um, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot you can do as we've talked about. You, know, yeah. you can get the feelings, you can get the pacing, you can, everything is there if you get the right people doing it and if you get the right combination of people doing it as well yeah um,
1: I agree and he obviously yeah. knew what he was doing I did read that he had actually had the idea for Basketball of heads like six or seven years before he started putting it together um, he oh. just loved the title like the title he said so when the time he <laughs> sat down to write it the first four issues were like fresh in his mind like almost right. exactly as he remembered and then you know once he saw Leo Mack's work you got to adjust to his awesome yeah I mean, I, there's a few panels of this, of Leo Max art that I want on my wall. Like he's, I would pay for a sale of something from this because it's yeah. so fucking amazing. It's, um, yeah, I agree. I also think, I mean, I think this is a, this is, you know, it's a bunch of dudes and we're a couple of dudes talking, but I feel like this is a real feminist story. I can see yeah. the influence of of his mother who is a feminist on his life. And um, I, like you said, the, the, not only the cheekiness of this is being set in Stephen King's universe, but he's also commenting on early horror and how even his dad in the '80s was subversing what you're seeing on the screen. Versus, you know, because Carrie, again, the book Carrie, it's about a girl who's abused, and this is what you you know you push her too far, and here's what's going to happen. And you know, um, there's a lot of feminist um, iconography in Carrie, um, and there's a lot of I just like the the way that he puts spins it around and I just think it's smart so I just think if you want to be entertained and you also want to think a little and I'm with you I think read it the first time and just have a blast and then go back and then start looking for the cool background stuff and then on the then once you've got a sense of this awesome thing and I think any art that can be read on that many levels that it's just funny and fun but also super like you said it's super thinky if you can do both things that means you're at the top of your game yeah and they they are yeah oh good It, I mean, seriously, the rest of the Hill House stuff is pretty good. Um, Daphne Byrne is is like a gothic story. Kelly Jones draws that. So Hill House comics, I can't recommend them enough. Joe doesn't write them all, but he brought in different people to to tell some great stories. And I've begged. That's what the, his retweet back to me was when the last one was over. The final issue of the final one, I was like, oh, I didn't even know I wanted Hill House. But now that it's over, <laughs> I, need, I don't want it to end. And he was like, I'm working more. on it. So... Maybe, maybe they'll come back. So Hopefully. Well, so you are the, the co-host of one of my favorite shows on the interwebs. So let's tell everybody about that and other things that you're doing. You've got a website. You've got yes. all kinds of stuff. So let's plug Paul. Yes.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah. So superheroes for dummies on this very network, which seems to be our tagline at the minute. It is. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's the three of us. There's, of course, Steve Ray, which... I think most people know by now because he is everywhere. He is the, the He is the nerd Yoda. He knows everything there is to know about far too many things, how he fits in his brain. I don't know. I know. Um, Then it's our buddy, Dan, who is more into sort of the movies and the game side. And then it's me who is the super dummy. I have coined the term for myself because I came. Yes. Yeah. If you use it, I will sue you. no i won't um but yeah basically because i came in knowing basically nothing um and this is my journey of exploration so join me in my journey of exploration when we take votes from you the listeners about what we talk about so that's superheroes for dummies we've got website superdummy.co.uk where i when i have time write sort of basic guides to the characters that we talk about um I have a new show in the works. You've talked about it. I can't wait. Are you ready to tell everybody what it is? I have started recording a few episodes. Nice. The exact details to be confirmed, but it's about the stereotype of being a geek and what people think it means and then finding the real people behind the stereotype. Um, And the running theme seems to be that actually everyone's a geek, so stop being mean to us.
1: I love that. But is that going to be on Comics in Motion or Fantastic Universe feed?
0: That'll probably be on Fantastic Universes. Um, we've got a couple of ideas which we may be putting. I love that. There. So I love that. So that is to come at some point. Well, I can't they're wait, heavily, and I would love heavily to heavily edited. So. If, yes. If I,
1: you've, you've said, but you've hinted, I didn't even know what it was. You're like, you just put out a thing. You're like, Hey, I'm going to start a show. And everybody's like, sure. We didn't, nobody even knew what it was. So you could have like, you obviously could have led a death cult because you were just like, I need some volunteers. And we all just said, yes, without knowing what it was. So clearly. Well,
0: secretly it is a death cult.
1: Oh shit. Um, I'm sorry that I spoiled that for everyone, but I can edit oh, that wow. part out if you.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you could, that would be great. Okay. Just take the death cult. Um, okay. Yeah. So the, um,
1: what's your Twitter handle and such?
0: Yeah, so Twitter, I'm at Paul Demack, P-A-U-L-D-A-M-A-C. That's kind of the main place that people can find me at the minute, um, other than the website, superdummy.co.uk. Yes, I'm not overly active on the social medias, but if you throw something at me, I'll probably respond.
1: You will. You always do. I see that. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm only on the Twitters. I'm not a great social media guy. Our new contest, which is over by the time this airs, we're trying to get people to use Instagram and Facebook too, because few of us. Mike is really good on Instagram. Mike's the Mike's the Mike's the Mike's the Gen Zer of us, and so he uh, yeah. he's actually a millennial. <laughs> I think he's 27, so he's he's a millennial. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he's good on the on the gram, as the kids. Say. I don't know if that's what they say. I don't know. I'm I have an Instagram and I don't know how to use it, so that's how I
0: am. Yeah. Um, All the kids are on TikTok now, so we are the, the kids? The
1: yeah, do we need to be yeah. on TikTok?
0: I don't know. I don't... Kids, write in, tell us.
1: Tell <laughs> us, does Comics emotion need to be on TikTok? Are we missing out by not being on there? Yeah. Well, that new show sounds awesome, and I can't wait to hear it and be part of it and both. Um, so if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Tricycle Boombox um and if you're like i don't like twitter like us or, you know you're not good on social media you can go to my website arfarina.com, and you can send me a note message there or um, we do have superheroes.co.uk or super superdummy.co.uk and we actually have um which is right now just a bare bone shell that hopefully by the time you hear this i've actually done something with it um, buy lenovations press comics because they are advertising for us and we're advertising for them so If you buy a Lenovations press comic, you open it up, and you know what you're going to find in the middle, Paul? An ad for this network.
0: I mean, how can you go wrong with that?
1: I don't know. And it's great. Buy the comics for
0: the advert, and then you'll find out that the comics are great as well. Yeah, the comics are great.
1: It's really the the cool thing about the Section Twelve universe is it's like there's three different comics going, and they kind of there's like the modern one, the flashback one, and then the the um future like the future time when And so you're trying to piece this story together through these three different tales. It's pretty cool. Nice. Section 12, Lenovations Press. Good stuff. So um, anyway, thank you, friend, for doing this. And we'll do it again thank soon. You so and hopefully when you've got your thing up and running, that sounds awesome. I would like to participate on that. Definitely. So we'll see everybody next time. Thanks, Paul. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Comics in Motion is proud to be sponsored by Lenovations Press, home of the world-renowned tracksuit man, the story about traveling, to which we can all relate, and something we've all missed this last year. Renovations Press continues to make the decades-long quest to bring quality, independent comics to the masses, with three comics each year featuring the supergroup slash government experiment gone wrong, section 12. Click the link in the show notes for more information about how you can buy some high-quality, independent comics. And stay tuned, because Each time a new issue comes out in 2021, Comics in Motion listeners will be eligible to win free copies of Section 12. Click that link, check out Lenovations Press, support them on Patreon. You'll be happy you did. What started as just an appearance on Indie Comics Spotlight has turned into an excellent partnership between Comics in Motion and Lenovations Press. We look forward to bringing you some amazing content.